0: warning. The following podcast is harvesting your data that will be used by advertisers to track you across the internet, social media, and your own devices.
1: Evil Agency Evil Agency agency. Full brag alert, I've got a super cute kid, but I'm not going to let you see them or know anything about them because early on, my partner and I made a decision to keep them off social media. There were a few reasons for this. Their inability to consent to the exposure is a big one, and consent begins at birth. Also, I can be stupidly competitive, and the last thing I'd ever want is to be fixated on the number of hearts my kid receives or be obsessing about who was looking at them. But one of the more nebulous reasons was that I didn't want social media as a, you know, big scary hole to know who they were or even identify that I had a kid, which is kind of silly because as it turns out, the platforms I use already know way more about my family and me than I ever expected. Episode We're talking social media, how brands connect with you on social, the terabytes of data you're creating with every like and video view, and why you should try turning off your mic even for just a month. Uh,
0: my name is Ash, and I am the head of social at Digitas.
1: So, what does it mean to be the head of social? Like, what do you do?
0: That's a good question. My grandparents think I work for Facebook,
1: so, um, <laughs>
0: and my brother thinks all I do is play on Instagram all day, which is, like, not wrong, let's be honest, um, but essentially I am responsible for the social strategy for our clients, so looking for ways to connect them to their audience in um, the place where their audience already is spending time and looking for the most natural ways to integrate the brand or the product or whatever it might be, um, And I guess engage with their audience in a way that they haven't before.
1: Now, based on the conversations we've already had with people from the agency, can I take a guess and say that using data to connect brands with their audiences on social is a big part of your role or how we do things?
0: Yeah, it's definitely the biggest part. I think <laughs> without the data, I wouldn't have a job um, or any way to really find the right people and who we should be speaking to. So it plays a massive part in what we do. So what is that data? Yeah, it's it's a really good question because I think with each platform, obviously, you know, we work across Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and YouTube and sometimes even Twitter and Pinterest and Snapchat. So each platform has their own set of data. And I think when you sign up to be part of that platform, you obviously select, you know, the terms and conditions that I'm sure everyone reads in great detail. Uh, But it means that they have access to certain data points um, that brands can then use to, to target them. And it's not like I can go on and look up you know, Tom McMullen, and this is everything he has done. It's all completely anonymous. Um, but the data consists of a huge variety of different things, like really basic stuff like age, location, that sort of demographics. Um, it goes into whether, you know, you have children, whether you're a single parent, um whether you know you're working in certain industries so you know you might be working in the aviation industry or whatever that might be but then we can get quite granular based on different triggers that you've provided so um you know different content you've watched is then an interest-based trigger so if you spent an extra amount of time watching dog videos you know you we obviously can identify that you're interested in dogs that's not necessarily saying that you own a dog. um, But then we can probably overlay that data with things that you've searched on the internet. So if you've gone to Google and typed in, what should my dog eat? Or why is my dog doing this? We're able to overlay that data with the interest-based data from platforms to get a really clear picture of who we're talking to.
1: So this feels like an extension of something we were talking about in the last episode of first, second and third party data. Obviously, first being the sort of data that it's, it's clear that I'm sharing with you when I say, this is my age, this is my name, this is my email address, blah, blah, blah. So what you're saying is there's a lot of data that I probably don't actually know that I'm creating and sharing with not just the platform, but other people just by doing things on the platform. Is that correct?
0: yeah absolutely so all of these platforms and i'm I'm sure you've heard you know the word algorithm thrown about a million different times um when it comes to social especially i
1: think it's just a buzzword that people just blame everything on it's like well the algorithm did that
0: Yeah, let's be honest. I am definitely guilty of that as well. But (laughs) I think, you know, it's not one algorithm. There's hundreds of thousands of algorithms that go into these platforms. Um, And those, I guess, what you do on these platforms then trigger that algorithm. So they're like little either red flags or green flags that go to the system that, um, you know, then then are attributed to you as a unique user. But when I say unique, uh, you're a number of one in 15 billion. It's not like... I know any actual personal information about you. And when you're talking about first-party, second-party, and third-party data, I whilst I can target, say, you, Tom, if, I, if I'm if i setting up an ad and I'm targeting you and I know you're a dog owner, let's stick with that analogy, I know you're a dog owner of Poppy, um, I there's no way I would be able to find out what your email is or what your actual age is. I'll be able to target within a certain age demographic, um, but that's pretty much the extent of it. I can't actually access any sort of identifiable
1: data from these platforms. So I see that distinction. One thing I do want to ask, though, because here's a test case and here's something that's been raised to me before, because because you do, you as the person accessing the data doesn't know who I am, but technically the algorithm knows who I am, even though they can't share it. The algorithm knows me, right? Yeah, the computer knows you. So if I share, and I've been very conscious of not sharing any real identifiable photos or details of my child, let's call them golden child. If (laughs) I share a photo of my kid or reference them in comments somewhere, is there ways for the algorithm to pick up, oh, he has a child and the child's gender, or at least the gender it's assigned is this?
0: Uh, Yes and no. So it it does get a bit complex uh, when you go into that much detail. Say if you uploaded... A photo of your golden child, uh, it's it's not gonna automatically recognize that you are a parent. Um, I and Tom, you've seen my Instagram. My Instagram is full of, you know, photos of my nieces and nephews, <laughs> and I'm not identified as a parent by any means. Overlaying other data on top of that. So, you know, your the stuff that you're Googling, if you're engaging with parent-based influences. What sort of um, interactions you're having online, that is then overlaid with existing data to get an understanding of whether someone's a parent or not.
1: It's probably worked out now that I am a parent then based on just my activities that I don't even know I'm doing. And it's probably worked out other things about my life that I haven't necessarily let it be known. Yeah, absolutely it would. So this is this is where it's interesting, right? Because obviously you're able to use this to help brands identify the right audiences for them and connect brands with audiences. so they're not just going wide and wasting their money talking to people who aren't going to be interested in their products. Am I sort of summing up how brands like to connect with people on social?
0: Yeah, absolutely. We want to make sure that the message we're communicating is relevant to the audience.
1: And, and obviously you're just you're part of this agency. Like does does it ever become, especially being so close to, you know, social media and, you know, a, a, a place where a lot of this data is gathered, is there a line where things become like a little bit creepy and things that you don't feel all that comfortable about? It, honestly,
0: it's something I am conflicted about because – when I think about it logically, it absolutely is creepy. Everything everything that they can do, it is creepy. But when I, obviously I'm in platform and I'm using these tools and I know the extent of what someone can access, I personally don't find it creepy in terms of what what happens. I think I, I'm obviously very well aware that when I go on these um, platforms, I am, you know, sending triggers and they're going to be able to identify different things. And on the other hand, I also get incredibly frustrated when I go on and see an ad that's not relevant to me. And this is what I hear all the time when they're like, why am I getting targeted with this? And I'm like, there would be a reason somewhere along the lines of why someone is getting targeted with that ad. But then they get really frustrated when it's not uh, completely relevant. There's so much data and it is, you know, it is creepy. But as an individual, I don't mind. I know what. I'm, I know what I'm putting out there when I go onto these platforms. I also know that, um, you know, my Instagram is set to private, which people find really shocking when I work in social media. But that means that, you know, no one else can come on and, and see any information about me unless I choose for them to. Um, the platforms absolutely can still get that information, but they're doing, for me, they're doing more good than they are bad on a personal level in terms of targeting me with ads that are of interest to me. I, as someone who's not a parent, I I don't want to go on and see what the newest baby clothes are um, by any means. I definitely want clothes for myself or uh, different holidays that I can go on or different things that are relevant to me. So I know that they're using that data to target me where it's most relevant. And if they weren't, I would be incredibly frustrated with the
1: platform. So it's, it's, it's a trade of anonymity for or like privacy for convenience I guess
0: yeah exactly and I think when you know I, I have this conversation quite frequently about he's listening to my conversations and they can hack your microphone and all of this crazy stuff which to be fair it doesn't sound that far removed from the truth but then they're, they're not doing that <laughs> Just...
1: well, I mean you, do you get
0: access to any of that information Absolutely not. No way. I I'm able to go on and customize the data based on you know different interests or different behaviours that someone has been doing. But I'm there's no way I'm able to to access conversations. And to be honest, I've actually recommended to people before. If you go into your app permissions on your phone, um, you can actually disable the microphone feature from Facebook, which means you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to make any calls from the Facebook Messenger app. But I suggest doing, if you're really worried that they're listening to your conversations, I suggest doing that for a month and see whether you still get your highly targeted ads. Because I've done it. I've run that experiment. My ads all remain the exact same. They're not actually listening to your microphone by any means. And, you know, people people are out there saying, you know, I only thought of this and then Facebook targeted me. But I think that goes back to the point that there are hundreds of thousands of triggers that make you fall within that target audience whatever it might be. An example of that is I actually had someone (laughs) talking to me that they got an ad. So they were thinking about going on a tropical holiday. Like let's say Bora Bora was where they wanted to go. Um, And they were thinking of going on a holiday. They hadn't spoken about it. They hadn't Googled it or anything. And then they got targeted an ad that was directly – Related to to a holiday in a tropical location. And then they were telling me that Facebook is now reading their mind. And I'm sitting there going, no, that's not possible. (laughs) Like even just within the realms of like, you know, what's (laughs) physically able to happen, it's not it. Um, But then I started asking really probing questions to get to the bottom of why they were targeted. That ad, you know, my first thought was obviously they've Googled something or they've looked up, they've been on a website for travel locations or something along those lines. But um, there are actually a couple of triggers at the end of it that led them to that. The first one was that they uh, are obsessed with Bachelor in Paradise and was Googling where Bachelor of Paradise was filmed. Um, The other one was that they were uploading – instagram posts of how much they miss the beach and then hashtagging it tro- paradise or trop like tropics or something along those lines and then the third one was they also googled how much annual leave do you get and so those three <laughs> triggers are what what's identifying that you want to go on a holiday <laughs> along those lines it's not that they're actually reading your thoughts it's just everything you do online is tracked and that's how things
1: are targeted to you do you think it's about brands giving you a better experience, or are we just trying to sell people stuff as much as like it where where's that line? Look,
0: honestly, it's a little bit from column A, a little bit from column B. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's be honest. I think brands pay us to to sell more product. That's what we do as an agency. It's our job to communicate the messages and um, you know, at the end of the day, every brand has a bottom line and a revenue that they need to hit um and certain sales that they need to hit, and that's why they advertise so more people can become aware of their product. I I feel like it is about selling, selling the product, but it, using that data means that we're a, not wasting money where it doesn't need to go. So it's selfish from a brand's perspective. Um, but also I don't want to see, like even our own clients, some of the ads I don't want to see. Like, they're not They're not relevant to me. I don't, in my everyday life, I wouldn't care if some of them were targeted to me and that's A bad user experience for, for me as an individual. And I get incredibly frustrated, especially with the likes of TikTok at the moment. Now that TikTok has an um, open platform to to advertise on, they are getting really random um, brands, like, you know, really bad knockoff products that just aren't relevant to me, but because the, the platform doesn't have enough data about me, they're, they're still getting served. So I'm, I'm counting down the days until the platform does have enough data of me so that I am getting more relevant ads that are um, you know, personalized to me.
1: If we leave it on something, I'm just trying to sum up basically from, from my understanding of this. I've essentially got three choices, I well, in fact really only two. I, I exist on social media, which unwittingly creates triggers that give me targeted marketing. Or I don't exist on social media and I get very bland, untargeted marketing. Is that kind of my two choices in life?
0: Uh, yes, pretty much. Like <laughs> you, you summed it up pretty well. And I think, honestly, like when, it, when people are freaking out about the data that these platforms have access to, it is a lot and it is intense. But at the same time, like, what is the absolute worst that could happen?
1: Uh, I, look, I mean, there have been a lot of Black Mirror episodes that have started with the very same question.
0: True. That is a very fair point. And as that came out of my mouth, I was like, "Mm, maybe it's not the right thing to ask. But for me as an individual, the trade-off between having a platform that means I can connect with people and my friends all over the world and share my life and have a better user experience of targeted ads that I don't then have to waste time watching content that's not relevant is worth the data trade-off in my mind.
1: Next episode, we're joined by data legend Maurice Riley to chat Black Data Matters and where the data on its own is inherently prejudiced. That's available to stream right now, as is the rest of the season. Otherwise, please visit us at evilagency.net. Feel free to open up a private browser if you don't want to be tracked and tell us what you think of the season. Thank you. Love you. Evil agency, evil agency, evil agency. agency.